Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode. We are started, maybe, possibly. I got caught off guard, but I'm here and it's Money Mondays. And we do this every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central Standard. So, my co-host is about to step on. Come on, Ferris, you can do it, buddy. You know, at the end of the day, we're talking real estate today, folks. How to syndicate your first real estate deal, right? And I know a lot of people are probably like, man, how can they cover that in a 20-minute show? Well, guess what? We can't. But at the end of the day, we're going to try to go over some of the main points and some of the things that you need to think about. I'm gonna start this off by kind of going through a couple questions that kind of come in, right? So again, how to syndicate your first real estate deal is what we're talking about today. Oh my Bam. gosh, look at this guy. Just made it back from lunch. I apologize, look people. I'm a little He's bit gonna, late. You're gonna be and everybody misses me. Be I know you guys have been stuck with uh, this guy here the past week or two. Oh, it's tough. But it's tough. I'm back, and so let's see if your ship is already going through the roof. Uh, <laughs> It's incredible. I know the growth that we've seen since the five seconds since you got on here. It's good to have a partner and be able to trust that man down the fort. No, 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 no. We're happy to have this guy. So we're talking about how to syndicate your first deal, man. I I think maybe instead of kind of going through some of the questions, man, let me talk about how you syndicated your first deal, right? Yeah. So some some of the process that kind of went along with. No, I mean you know with people, right? First, we like to always say get educated, right? Go learn how to underwrite a deal. Go underwrite. Understand what it means to have a deal financially yep. make sense. Understand what financially makes sense means to you, right? So Ben may be looking for a 7% and another investor may be looking for an eight and another investor may be looking for a nine, yep. right? And so understand for you and your investors what makes sense, how to underwrite it, how to show those numbers, and then ultimately, you know, get out there and just put a plan in place, right? What does that plan look like? It's building your team, talking to brokers, mm-hmm. underwriting deals, making offers. Do those three things, right? Get yourself educated first, though. I would say that the one thing that people kind of don't do enough of is really understand how the numbers work and really kind of understand how to underwrite a deal. I think once you understand that and you understand the nuances of the, the underwriting process, you can determine what is a good deal versus a bad deal too, right? And you can verify, you know, not what the broker told you because the broker's going to tell you every single deal is great and you're getting every a heck deal of a deal. Great, every right? deal has pluses and minuses, but they're always going to say whatever deal that they're looking at is by far the best deal out there, right? So you need to be able to independently verify that, not only for your own sanity, right? And making sure that you can, you can at the end of the day, determine, hey, is this a good deal or not? But to be able to pitch it back to your investors, right? And determine, hey, do my investors want a 12 cap? Yep. You know, if they want a 12 cap, guess what? They're, they're probably going to be waiting, pretty, waiting for a long they're time. They're going to be waiting a long time. Yeah, it may but take you a decade that or was two. A, that's a little bit, it's a little bit of a, 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 an extreme example. But my point is, is that you can at least go back and say with an honest face to them, hey, this is a 12 cap deal because I've underwritten it and I know how the numbers work. And I'll add right? one more thing to, you know, I think some people, this tends to get lost on them. Do a deal that, you know, makes sense for you. Right. Yes, maybe the numbers work on a two hundred million dollar deal, but if you haven't done a ten million dollar deal, yeah. should you do a two hundred million dollar deal? Right. I'm a big fan of people stretching a little bit, right? But going from nothing to two hundred is ridiculous, right? Don't waste your time on those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, ultimately find something that's a fit to where you can get in there and you know with hard work and you know, 
strategic steps, right, you can get the deal performing and hit it where you need to or close to it. Yeah. And I'd say that the, the biggest thing, too, about your first deal is making sure that you understand every number, every part of your business plan, that you can sell that thing to your investors backwards and forwards because at the end of the day, people are betting on you, not the deal, right? Because in your first deal, you have zero track record. You have not done this before. People do not know if you're gonna be able to be successful or not. So getting yourself educated and being able to at least talk the talk is important, but also being able to live and breathe that deal. And that was how I was able to kind of pitch my first deal too, is I knew every number on that deal. Even probably to this day, people can probably quiz me and I'll still know the numbers, right? Because I just, I, I, I literally, knew every nuance of the deal and I could go back and I could answer any question that the investors had, right? And that's important. People love confidence, right? Confidence feels like, okay, hey, this person knows what the heck they're talking about. I'm gonna trust them with my hard-earned retirement funds, right? So, some questions that did come in is, is it better to line up the investors first or the deal first? We've heard this quite a bit. I'd say it's a little bit of both, right? It's not. I don't think it's one or the other, and I think maybe some people tend to believe it is, right? You have to kind of understand where you're investing. You don't need to know the exact investors, yeah. but you have to have a general sense of the direction. I'm right? a big. I'm a big fan of doing these things parallel, right? Yeah. You know, I, I agree with Ferris. It's not necessarily one or the other. I would typically. I think what a lot of people do is they go try to find the deal, and then they think that money is just going to magically appear. It doesn't work like that, folks, right? And even if you're doing a 506c, and like we've talked about in the past, the 506c allows you to broadly market it, even on Facebook. Trust me, those people struggle to raise the capital because let's be honest, you see some ad on Facebook of some group that you've never heard of before, maybe even like the deal, but you've never seen these people, you've never heard of these people, and maybe you find out this is their first deal. Do you really think you're gonna invest in that? Probably not. We don't even have a whole lot of luck on doing Facebook ads when it comes to this type of stuff, right? We do 506Cs and we have a track record. So my point is, is don't necessarily go out and go try to find a deal and then think that the money's just gonna magically rain from the sky. Right, you know, you need to be lining up that equity along the way, right? So you can match essentially what we are is matchmakers, right? You know, we're matching equity to deals, yep. right? And so if you can say, hey, I have I have equity investors that will invest in this deal in Florida because I know that there's 20 guys on my list that like Florida. Yeah, boom. I grew up in Florida. It, had a lot of friends from there. You know, they I can it sell makes, it to them. It et makes it less risky, right? right? Hey, I'm part of my, you know, my dad's golf club, right? And, oh, you know, Ben's, country, Ben's club. country club. Thank you. <laughs> you know, if you're part of a country club and you know you have 20 guys that are hungry for it, great. You can get a sense of where you're going, I'm not right? not good enough at golf to be in a country club, dude. I know. I did buy those new golf clubs, though. Ben's applied four times now and rejected every single time. Yeah, it's probably because I don't have enough hair. Um, You can wear a hat for that. (laughs) I I I wasn't in Sigma Chi, you know, when I was in college, I guess, maybe. It's funny. I didn't even apply and they keep on sending me application uh, approval letters. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't make sense. But Uh, what we're trying to say, folks, is that, you know, it's better to have some of this teed up. Have some money lined up that is waiting for you to have a deal. Right, so you're doing these things in parallel, right? Yes. So that's it's it, you're not it's not one or the other, right? Yeah. So you another, do need the deal in the end. That's well, of the course, thing. yeah, we always need the deal, right? All right, so another question that came in: How much money do you feel you need in order to buy that first apartment complex? So, ooh, this trips people up all the time. You know, I like to answer this question as it really depends. I know people don't like to hear yeah, that. You're not getting right? But it depends. Let me get there. Right? It depends on you know how how much money you have, right, and what kind of deals you're going for. That said, right, let's talk about what hard costs you have, and then you have to yeah. either come up with them yourself or you come up with them somebody else that can put it into the deal and they get a piece of the pie. 
right? First and foremost, you do have whatever earnest money you agree to, right? Which can, in some 1% cases, one percent of a deal, or maybe Ish. even more. Yeah. You know. And so, if you're buying a ten million dollar deal, you probably need a hundred thousand dollars of earnest money, yes. right? Rough, rough calculation. On top of that, you need the loan app fee. That usually ranges forty to seventy mil- thousand million, <laughs> forty to seventy thousand dollars ish, right? Yeah, that's about right. And they probably have some other miscellaneous costs. Most of everything else gets paid at closing. Yep. The mortgage broker gets paid at closing. Your SEC attorney, if you're doing a syndication, gets paid at closing. Insurance guy. Insurance guy gets paid at closing, right? The mortgage broker. Said that one. That was the first one. Oh. Pay attention, Ben. Jeez, Not wake bad, up. Dude. And so a lot of that stuff gets paid at closing. You don't have to worry about it up front. So it's really any cost that you may have around your DD, right? Like let's yep. say you're going to pay a company to come out and do the walks for you because your managing company's not doing it for free. Great. Well, then you have to cover that. App fee and earnest money. That's about it. Anything else? Yeah, that you're so I mean, in? I would say, okay, so on a $10 million deal, let's kind of wrap this all up, right? So you're at least 1% to 2% on the earnest money, folks. But let's just call it one. Let's call it 50K on your loan application. Yeah. So that's paid to the lender. They're not going to start your loan application until you pay them. And then let's call it another five to 10000 in just miscellaneous costs that you have to kind of incur. Yeah. So on that $10 million deal, you have to have at least $160,000 liquid, yeah. right? On top of that, Right, as part of signing on the loan, as we've talked about in the past, right, typically they're gonna take the loan amount that needs to equal everybody that's on the deal, their their net worth. Right? So let's just say they're gonna give you a 70% loan on that $10 million deal, that's seven million. That means you and anybody else that's signing on the loan combined need to be worth seven million dollars. On top of that, they're typically looking for 10 to maybe even upwards of 20% in liquidity that you're gonna have in your bank account. When I say liquidity, it's gonna mean, you know, cash in the bank, stocks, or things that are easily liquidated in order to pay bills at the property, right? So let's call that 10%. So 700K needs to be liquid amongst you and the other people that are signing on the loan. So I think you can get in for relatively a small amount of money in comparison to what you're actually buying. But one thing that I always tell people, you don't necessarily need to have the money right? You just need to be partnered with somebody and make it a win-win for them and they put up the money for you, Yep. right? So don't ever think that, oh, I got to have $160,000 in the bank because Ben and Ferris told me that's how I need to buy my $10 million deal. No, somebody else probably has a million bucks in their bank account and let's go partner with them and say, okay, hey, you put up the money. I'm going to find the deal. I'm going to raise all the capital. I'm going to do all the work, but you're putting up the, the, the initial capital yes. and you're going to help me sign on the loan. Somebody's going to take that deal. Trust no, me. Absolutely. So you always have to be able to create these. Right now, it's it's you know a lot of people want to participate in these deals in various ways. Yeah. Liquidity, net worth, hard money. Those are easy ways for people to get involved that are new to the business. And if you're new, you're looking to get involved in those things. That's another way you can add value to other people as well. Yeah. Right? It's all about adding value. It's all about teamwork. Yeah. So building your brand, getting that, getting your equity lined up finding those deals, underwriting those deals, making offers on those deals, right? It's a numbers game. We've told people this in the past on our show. Don't think for a second if you're underwriting a couple deals a week that you're gonna get a deal in this in this part of the cycle. You're absolutely not. We're underwriting 40 to 50 deals a week, folks. 40 or 50 deals a week, right? All across the country, right? Because we know that it's a numbers game and that we have to be able to make enough offers in order for something to ultimately get under contract. And so if you're only doing one or two a week, guess what, it's gonna take you five, 10 years to find a deal. And you're probably gonna be up against somebody that's got a lot bigger track record than you do. So take that seriously and you know act accordingly. So, 
Does anybody else have any suggestions on what you should do to get in your first real estate syndication deal? This is an interactive show. We want people to dump some comments in those co- in that comment section. Give us a like, give us a share. We'd love to hear from you, right? So, open Q&A. I don't know if we can see anybody talking to us. I know you so don't have see. your Chris, that's why I'm on the phone. I'm not, I'm not texting and doing work yet. Uh, Chris says, what's the average equity the net worth sponsor could expect on a $10 million deal? So net worth. Oh, okay, so, so if you're providing the net worth, what piece of the GP could you expect? I'd say it's really all up to the to negotiation. It's really. all up to negotiation. I like to answer the question this way, right? It depends on how much that person is needed. Yes. Let's say I'm doing a $10 million loan, a $13 million purchase, right? Keep it simple. But the loan is $10 million. Yep. So now I need $10 million of net worth on the GP. Let's say I'm worth nine. I'm one million short. That's not a lot. Right? That's not a lot. Versus if I'm worth one, I'm nine million short. That's a lot, right? So, you know, kind of do the math, right? If I need to get one person to agree to being a million, it's very different than needing to get one person to agree to nine. Yes. Right? And so it's harder to find those nine million dollar people. It's a lot too. harder to find those nine so. million. So it's it's about well, you know, how much value is that person bringing, how much you know is that distance, right? We've had guys that say, Oh, I'm worth a hundred million dollars. Well, guess what? If our our gap is small, I don't need the hundred million dollar net worth guy, right? I need yeah. the the, five, the one million dollar net worth guy, and you're done. Yeah. So really get into that, understand you know what value they're actually bringing. But that said, usually net worth is the five. 10% tops kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I was, was going to that. Gonna call 10 to 20% of the GP. And again, I think the, the, the higher end is how important is that person, right? And I think I think signing on the loan is different than what I was also suggesting, which is also putting up the money Correct. too. So like signing on the loan, all you're doing is signing some documents. But if you also want that person to put up the earnest money and some at-risk capital, that's another thing, mm-hmm. right? And so they're, that's going to be a higher amount. Right, so you're probably anywhere from the five to twenty range. Yeah. Right, you know. Um, so, but again, you can negotiate. We've seen people give up fifty percent for their equity guy. So, you know, it's it's really dependent on the deal. Right, but great question, Chris. Appreciate you, buddy. Sure. Otherwise, Money Mondays is every Monday, three thirty Central. If you have comments, questions, tips, ideas, suggestions, future boom, topic boom, ideas, boom. et cetera. Let us know. Otherwise, do you want to be a co-host? Because we need co-hosts sometimes too. So if you're in the Houston area and you want to stop by and do Money Mondays, yeah, absolutely. If you will do live, reach out to us. Yeah, I I love. We love to kind of you know spruce things up and do things differently, right? So I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, but I'm looking for a replacement for Ben. Oh, ouch, ouch, ouch! Just kidding, buddy. No, we want to do. We want to maybe make this more interactive, more in the studio. So we're either going to have live guests, or we're going to have even maybe even some you know some hosts that are online, right? Who knows, right? But we're talking toolkit. Shanna puts this together. She curates all of our checklists, all of our webinars, all of our podcasts. It's got a great bunch of information on there. We're not selling anything, folks, right? So check it out, disruptequity.com slash toolkit. Pop in your email. Get access to all that stuff, all curated in one place. So... Oh my gosh, this is coming up. Is this yeah. this week? For those, yeah, for those that oh are in Houston, our meetup gosh. this Thursday, right? That's already happening. Here in Houston, pitch 25. What's that? That's already happening. It's quick. Yeah. First February. Thursday of every month, then. February you know, was uh, a, last was a I checked, month? this Thursday is the first Thursday of March. So. I know, but it's a fast, so, fast month on February. It's been a fast, fast month. All right, so, so what are we talking about at our meetup? We're talking next? about raising private capital with your self directed IRAs. Ooh, we have whoa, Thick Juan whoa. coming in from Quest IRA to nice, come present on nice. the topic. So. For those of you with self-directed IRAs and you, or you want a reason to come hang out with us, definitely go check it out. It should be a good time. We're when averaging we, 120, 130 people out there. So, so where, where do we do that? Pitch 25 and near downtown Houston. So definitely yep. go out there, 
love to see you there. So, you know, it starts about 637. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get, and we are getting a good good crowd out there, folks. So bring your questions, bring your business cards, right? It's an, an awesome opportunity to meet a lot of great people here in Houston, March 3rd, 7 p.m. at Pitch 25. Check it out, disruptequity.com slash HTX meetup to get yourself registered. Right. Oh, my gosh. It wouldn't be a Money Monday without No, so for those of you that are in Houston, you guys know we had our huge conference this past month, right? I guess it was this same month. But, yeah, three weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. It was awesome. You know, yeah. we maxed out, sold out two weeks early. We had 180-ish people on the wait list. Huge success, and we are doing it again this summer. So tickets are on sale. This will be the cheapest they will be, and they'll continue to get more expensive as we approach. It's not going to so, get any cheaper than this. Where yeah. are we thinking? Give them at least the two spots. We're thinking, you know, Denver, Atlanta, this kind of one of those two, so we're figuring it out, and that's on my to-do list for this week. And it's going to be either June, July, or August, right? June, July, or August. So, yep. so we're still narrowing it down. We had the date picked, and we had a little bit of a mix-up, so we're figuring that out. Yeah, so. yep. yep. But great ticket prices, folks. Early bird. We're not making any money on this. So go ahead and get yours at mfinvestornetwork.com slash summer 2022 Put in early bird as your coupon code and get your 150 bucks off. Look forward to seeing you there. All right. So what are we talking about next week, my friend? How you can hire and manage virtual assistants for your real estate business. Oh, my gosh. We're giving away all of our secrets, man. What is going on here? All right. Well, we're going to talk about VAs next week, a topic that actually we get hit up quite a bit on. Absolutely. We know a lot about it, so happy to talk through it. We will see you guys next week. All right. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt Equity's Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash-flowing multifamily properties, visit disruptequity.com invest. Fill out your information there, and you will get notified when we release our next multifamily passive investment offering.